0: Which Rangers are most likely to be traded before this year's trade deadline? Is it Vitaly Krasov? Is it Sammy Blais? Someone else? Maybe a dark horse candidate of some kind? Uh, We discuss that, all that and more in today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers. Welcome back, Blue Shirts fans, to episode number 767 of the Locked On New York Rangers podcast. I'm your host, John Chick. Just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Locked On New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash Locked On today to. Get started. And yeah, today, basically, just going to take a look uh, at the Ranger, uh, the NHL roster, as well as the AHL roster, pretty much anybody, any player that's a member of the Rangers organization right now. And I've got uh, kind of a top five list here as far as the top five players that I think are most likely to be dealt away from the Rangers at or before this year's trade deadline. And of course, you know, the Rangers right now, they're in playoff position, third place in the Metro Division, and uh, maybe they can even make a run at the division itself uh, in the second half of the season here. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they can do. Um, But it's also, you know, whether you're a buyer or a seller, it's also possible you could have one or maybe even two players uh, leave your current roster as part of a trade to bring in somebody else. You know, we saw that last year with Morgan Barron. Uh, He, of course, you know, not that he was like a superstar for the Rangers, but he was, you know, getting some ice time for them and a couple of games here and there. Um, But he was traded away as part of the Andrew Kopp trade. And it's possible that something similar... Could happen this season. I mean, don't look for them to trade one of their, uh, you know, elite superstar level players because that's not going to happen. But it is possible that, uh, you know, one, maybe two of these players that I'm about to talk about here uh, could end up getting moved at the deadline this season. Uh, We shall see. Uh, But we're going to start this, like I said, top five countdown. We're going to start with one that... Uh, could potentially be a little bit controversial, but let me explain. So number five is going to be Will Cooley. Now, hang on. I know everybody likes the kids. They like the young players. They like the high draft picks. They want to see guys like Will Cooley get their opportunity. They want to see, uh, you know, the kids that are currently on the Ranger team, uh, you know, Caco and Lafreniere and Heedle, they want to see them. Uh, have prominent roles and uh, reach their ceiling as NHL players. I'm sure it'll be the same thing with Will Cooley. I'm sure it'll be the same thing with Brian Othman. People are really excited, and I include myself in this, uh, to see what players like Will Cooley and Brian Othman uh, can do in the NHL. So I, by no means, am pushing for the Rangers to trade Will Cooley. In fact, I'd prefer that they don't do that. Uh, you know, they drafted him in the second round in 2020. They seem to be pretty happy with his development. He's made it to the NHL and. Fairly short order. I mean, he's still obviously a very young player. And, you know, I think in a perfect world, he ends up uh, becoming maybe one of the building blocks of this Ranger team going forward. As far as, you know, what he's done in the minors, uh, he had 14 goals and seven assists in 42 games with the Wolfpack this season. Of course, he has since played two games with the New York Rangers and uh, is back on the Ranger roster right now uh, with the Windsor Spitfires of the OHL Cooley basically just went off last season. He was the captain of that team, and he had 43 goals, 37 assists in 59 games, also another 31 points in 25 playoff games. So why would I want to trade Will Cooley? The short answer, once again, is that I don't. But the reason I include him on this list is there are a lot of Ranger fans. And again, I include myself in this. We've all kind of got our eyes, or a lot of us have our eyes, on some of the top-prized uh, players that are going to be available at the NHL trade deadline this season, whether it's, you know, Timo Meyer, or Patrick Kane or maybe uh, Vladimir Tarasenko, guys of that ilk and uh, guys that, you know, once again, could be available at the deadline and should have a lot of suitors. You're not going to get yourself a Timo Meyer, and maybe not even a Kane or Tarasenko. Although I do think... Uh, the asking price for those two will be uh, quite a little bit lower uh, than Timo Meyer, but take Timo Meyer, for example, if you really want Timo Meyer and I can understand why the guy's a phenomenal all around player could really help the Rangers plays right wing, which is where I believe they need the most help. But if you want a player like that, you are not going to get him without giving up something pretty significant, something that uh, you don't really want to give up. And for people that want Timo Meyer, I got to be honest with you, a trade package of like crafts off, and Zach Jones and a first round pick, that's not gonna get done for Timo Meyer. First of all, the Sharks don't need to trade Meyer if they don't want to. RFA after the season, it's always possible they could work out some kind of a contract extension and kind of make Meyer the centerpiece of their rebuild. So they have some leverage there. But besides that, even if they do trade Meyer, there's gonna be teams lining up around the block for this guy. Because as I just mentioned, he's got a tremendous all-around game. And that could be the move, uh, you know, for one of these contending teams that really kind of puts them over the top and turns them from Stanley Cup contender or, you know, playoff contender, middle-of-the-road playoff team into a bonafide Stanley Cup contender, and in some cases, maybe even uh, the Stanley Cup favorite, depending on which team ends up acquiring him, if he indeed is traded. So if you want somebody like, say, Timo Meyer, you're going to have to give up something significant. I don't think there are too many Ranger fans that are going to be uh, lining up around the block to trade, say, Brian Othman, because uh, Othman right now is just putting up absolutely insane numbers uh, in the OHL. I mean, he's, he did that last year too. He's clearly got a bright future in this league, and he's somebody that, you know, I, I think for sure the Rangers are going to want to keep around. I don't see them moving Brent Hoffman, who, again, putting up just stupid numbers right now, stupid stats, and is going to be, you know, cost controlled whenever he does make his NHL debut with the Rangers. I, I can't see them moving him. Uh, just to bring in a rental as Timo Meyer would probably be. Of course, you could always get creative and uh, try to move some money around and figure out a way for the Rangers to, you know, re-sign Timo Meyer long-term or one of these other players, whoever it might be. But again, if you really want to separate yourself from the pack and you want to get an elite level player at the trade deadline this season, and not everybody might want that. There might be some people that want the Rangers to do what they last did and uh, pay reasonable prices for, you know, solid but unspectacular players at the deadline. That's what the Rangers did at last year's deadline season. But if you want specifically Timo Meyer, it's going to cost you something, something significant. I'm trying to figure out a way to do it without giving up, you know, one of the kids that's on the roster, without giving up Brian Hoffman. And I think Will Cooley uh, in that scenario becomes maybe one of the centerpieces around uh, a trade for Timo Meyer. Honestly, I'm not even sure including Timo Meyer and a first, or excuse me, ex- including uh, Will Cooley and a first. I mean that you you got the ball rolling there, but that's not going to be enough to get you Timo Meyer. I, I really don't think that it would. But you got to give up something significant, and I think uh, you know the the Sharks would probably want a big time prospect, and uh, Will Cooley might be enough to start to uh, build. Whatever package the Rangers need to put together in order to land themselves Timo Meyer, and I know a lot of Ranger fans, like I said, really like Meyer. I include myself in that, so that's why I include Will Cooley. It's not because I don't like him. I don't think he's gonna be a good player, or I think the Rangers are gonna ruin him, or anything like that. But you want Timo Meyer, you got to You got to pay a premium price for it, and uh, maybe Will Cooley could be part of that price. Uh, we're gonna keep everything in rolling in just a second here. We're just getting started with this countdown. Want to? Give a little bit of a spoiler here. Number four is going to be Sammy Blay. I'm going to explain uh, some situations where perhaps he ends up getting traded by the Rangers at or near uh, the trade deadline this season. We're going to talk about Blay and everybody else that's on this list in just a second. But first, I just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked On New York Rangers is brought to you by FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We are really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On, because they're the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel right now so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. All right. We just want to thank you guys, as always, for making Lockdown New York Rangers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. And like I said, going to keep this countdown moving right along here, where I go to number four, most likely Ranger to be traded at or before the trade deadline this season. And I'm going to go with Sammy Blay. With Blay, we know he hasn't been productive. We know there's a lot of Ranger fans who, you know, wish that Pavel Buchnevich trade with the Blues would have never happened, and and the Rangers would still have Pavel Buchnevich, and one way or another. Uh, What's done is done. You know, Blay is here. The trade went through and he's obviously struggled quite a bit. Uh, If the Raiders were to trade Sammy Blay, once again, at or near the deadline this season, and he is a pending uh, unrestricted free agent. To me, it happens one of two ways. Either the Raiders trade him to a contending team that simply looks at Sammy Blay as somebody that would be a moderate upgrade on what they're currently getting from their fourth line left winger. Or their fourth line right winger could Sammy Blay be that guy? Possibly. You know, it's possible that one of these contending teams, without going through every single team's roster, maybe there's a, a certain team that you know has some skill, but they get pushed around a little bit, and they want to add, you know, some physicality, some toughness, some hitting. Maybe in that instance, Sammy Blay becomes somewhat attractive to them. Now, of course, they're not going to break the bank for Sammy Blay, whoever this team might be. Uh, at best, if you're the Rangers, I think you're looking at maybe like a fifth round draft pick for Sammy Blay. But, you know, if a team wanted to, once again, add some physicality, physicality, uh, add some toughness, then I think Sammy Blay becomes at least something of an option uh, for that team. And on top of that, uh, former Stanley Cup champion, for whatever that's worth to anybody, whatever that's worth for the acquiring team, Sammy Blay is indeed a former Cup champion. And it's possible that, you know, some team out there that is in contention looks at him as somebody that could just come in and play the role as the 12th or 13th forward and, um, you know, not obviously have to give up a whole lot to get him. The other way this plays out is that, I mean, I guess there's three ways. You could always just not trade him, and and maybe that ends up being the case, and the Rangers just hang on to him through the deadline anyway. But if he does get traded, the other way that this can play out is he goes to a non-contending team in a multi-piece trade for the New York Rangers. Now, of course, the question becomes, why would a non-contending team be interested in Sammy Blay, who is obviously... You know, struggling to do a whole lot at the NHL level and is also a pending unrestricted free agent. And the short answer is that such a team would not be interested in Sammy Blay, But it's possible that the Rangers might just look to, you know, essentially just get Blay off the roster, uh, clear some cap space. And it's possible that the Rangers could trade Sammy Blay along with, say, like a fourth round pick, a third round pick and, and get basically, you know, future considerations in return. You basically just give Sammy Blay away uh, along with a mid-round pick uh, to get a non-contending team to just take Sammy Blay off your hands and also, you know, for the non-contending team, they can at least get themselves... Fourth-round pick, third-round pick, whatever it might be. Uh, you think back to this offseason, I think that's a great example. Patrick Nemeth, obviously the Rangers couldn't afford to hang on to him anymore, didn't want to hang on to him anymore, and we saw him get traded uh, to the Coyotes along with two second-round picks. I know the Rangers also got Ty Emerson back, and also I believe there was another draft pick involved in that as well. But the bottom line is the Rangers essentially bribed the Coyotes to take Nemeth and his— two years and $5 million total off of their hands. And they did so by including draft picks in the trade. This would be similar. Obviously you wouldn't have to give up quite as much because blaze only got one year left. And you know, that alone, I I think you wouldn't have to give up nearly as much to get a team to take him off your hands as you would, um, you know, if he had multiple years left on his deal as Patrick Nemeth did. Uh, The other thing that could happen here is, you know, you could see uh, the Rangers strike a trade with somebody and there's a lot of moving parts. You know, there's, Three assets going away from the Rangers, two assets coming back from the Rangers, and part of the way to facilitate this trade is for the Rangers to include Sammy Blay in the trade and sending him to the non-contending team. The non-contending team would have no use for Sammy Blay, but they might just do it anyway just to facilitate the trade and get the other things from the Rangers that they want. You know, it's possible that, I mean, Sammy Blay could be involved in a trade that lands the Rangers' Patrick Kane. Obviously, they're not going to give away Patrick Kane for Sammy Blay straight up, but if the Rangers need to clear a little bit of money and the... Blackhawks like the other things that they're getting for the Rangers, then they'll take Sammy Blay and just let him play out the last part of the season just to uh, make the trade go through, Uh, just using that as an example. But Sammy Blay, look, it just hasn't worked out. Uh, He did score four four goals in five games with the Wolfpack, so hopefully he can at least be relevant in some way to the Rangers now that he's back on the roster. And full disclosure, uh, I'm recording this episode on Monday morning, so it is before the Rangers play the Flames. Uh, Sammy Blay expected to be back in the lineup, as is Will Cooley, uh, Kraftsoff and Gauthier coming out of the lineup. And that's going to affect this list as we uh, continue here. But yeah, I mean, Sammy Blay, once again, it, it just hasn't worked out. And I don't really foresee a scenario where the Rangers really look at him as part of the plan as far as the playoffs are concerned. Now, maybe they'll give him this last month or so that we've got here before the trade deadline to essentially make himself relevant, you know, shows something that that makes you think that, okay, we can get away with Sammy Blay on the fourth line. That would be okay for a playoff series. If he doesn't do that, then very, very likely, not super likely, but it's certainly possible at that point that Blay is one of the players that the Rangers trade away at the deadline, essentially just to open up a roster spot and perhaps facilitate uh, some other trade, you know, include Blay, as uh, a means to an end, you, you include him in a trade package to make something else more significant happen. But yeah, I don't know. It, for me, at least, it, it's hard to picture Sammy Blay. You know, if the Rangers go on some playoff run, I just don't see him being uh, a significant part of it. But I guess we'll we'll wait and see there and uh, see how the whole thing shakes out. Keeping everything moving right along here, though, I want to move up to number three, most likely New York Ranger to get traded. I'm going to say Zach Jones, and there's a couple of reasons for this. For starters. You got the recent two-year extension for Ben Harper. I think that's at least somewhat working against Zach Jones because Ben Harper now would seem to be in place for uh, the rest of this season, as well as the next two seasons. But as I've mentioned in the past, and I'll, I'll repeat it here, you know, I don't think that the Ben Harper extension is necessarily curtains for Zach Jones as far as, you know, his standing with the New York Rangers. When the Raiders signed Ben Harper, it was, you know, pretty much at the league minimum. And... You know, I think they'll leave open the door for Zach Jones or any other young Ranger prospect defenseman coming through you know, the system to eventually surpass Ben Harper. Harper, I really believe when the Rangers did that extension with him, they see him as the sixth defenseman slash seventh defenseman. They will give Zach Jones... Maybe not this year, because Jones already kinda had an opportunity this year, but I would imagine, you know, going into training camp next year, going into the preseason next year, they will give Zach Jones, if he's still here, every opportunity uh to perhaps take that job from Ben Harper. Jones obviously has more upside, even if this year uh Ben Harper seemed to outplay him. But you know, with Zach Jones, I don't know. It's the reason he could be on the move is he just didn't do quite enough to claim that sixth defenseman job. Uh that was one of the training camp battles going on with the Rangers. It was Zach Jones versus Libor Hayek. And, I mean, honestly, Jones kind of lost the battle to Libor Hayek. The Rangers uh, were going with Hayek for a little while there. Jones was sent down. Ben Harper was called up. Harper got his chance. Harper unseated Hayek. And uh, that's where we've been uh, with the Rangers ever since then. But as for Jones this year, ends up playing just 16 games with the Rangers. One goal, one assist. Uh, He played in 12 games the year before that, 10 games the year before that. Now, could he improve with more? of a chance with, with more longevity, with more uh, games in a single season, it's definitely possible. But you know, again, we're looking at a situation where Zach Jones, whether anybody likes it or not. And I realize Jones has more upside. He's younger. Um, If one of these two players is going to go on to be an outstanding defenseman in this league, it is Zach Jones. But for the time being, Zach Jones first got outplayed by Libor Hayek. I mean, I I don't think that was by a great margin, but I do think uh, Hayek outplayed him. And then he got outplayed by Ben Harper. And, And the second part of that is not even up for debate. Harper outplayed Jones. Um, So now we got a situation where Jones is in the AHL. Uh, He was an all-star, played very well there. 27 games, 6 goals, 12 assists. Uh, He's also a plus 7 with the Wolfpack. And we're kind of in a situation where... I don't believe that the Rangers would actively be looking to trade for Zach Jones for all the reasons I just mentioned. I still think there is an opportunity for Zach Jones with the Rangers. It might have to wait until next season, uh, the offseason, the training camp, the preseason, all that good stuff for him to stake his claim uh, to an opening night roster spot and that sixth defenseman spot. Again, I don't think the Rangers will actively look to trade him, but if somebody calls the Rangers about Zach Jones or, you know, Jury's negotiating, um, you know, some kind of a trade for one of these, you know, top players that are going to be available at the deadline— I don't think if the opposing GM mentions Zach Jones, it's going to be a deal breaker. It's going to be something that causes Drury to immediately hang up his phone. I think he'll hear it out. And, um, you know, if Zach Jones is the final piece of the puzzle that gets the Rangers to acquire Kane or Tarasenko or any of the top guys that are available at the deadline this season, I'm not so sure Drury would say no. I think he might do that. Um, And part of the reason is the Harper extension. Part of the other reason, though, is the team that would be acquiring Zach Jones might have some pretty significant interest in him. As I just mentioned, he was an AHL All-Star this season. They might see it as a little bit of a buy-low opportunity because you know, he's only played a handful of games with the Rangers the last three seasons combined. And, you know, the Rangers, even if they end up rolling with Zach Jones, I really think that it's probably going to be as a third-pair defenseman. I, I don't see him. I mean, you got Adam Fox there, or Ryan Lindgren is there. Um, but, you know, you you got the top four defensemen all set as far as the New York Rangers are concerned. You got Lindgren there on the top pairing on the left side. You've got Keandre Miller there on the top pairing or second pairing on the left side. So Zach Jones at best would only be the Rangers third. Pairing left defenseman. And I think there's other teams around this league that would probably see him as a top four defenseman on their team. And so he could be more valuable to another team than he currently is for the Rangers. And that being the case, I think he's a a player that the Rangers would at least consider parting with if it meant that they were going to, you know, do a deal that they want to do at this deadline this season and potentially improve their chances of winning a Stanley Cup and improve their chances of, like I said, getting one of the elite players that are going to be available at the deadline uh, this season. So. We're going to keep everything rolling along in just a second here. I want to uh, get into the top two here. we got two more players to discuss for today's episode in terms of the two most likely New York Rangers to be traded. Some of you might even know you know, which two I'm leaning toward. I think one is pretty obvious, but uh, we'll get to those two players in just a second. Uh, first, though, just got to let everybody know that today's episode of Locked on New York Rangers is brought to you by Built Bar. Looking for a delicious treat but don't want all the fat and calories? Then you got to try a Bilt Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little bit healthier this year. What makes Built Bars so good? For starters, they are covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievably delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, and coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy only 130 calories and four grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate or coconut puffs. If you're close to a Sam's Club, Run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hip flavors, brownie batter, and churro. You can thank us later. All right, let's keep everything rolling right along here, up to uh, number two on this uh, countdown here as far as most likely New York Rangers to be traded at or near the trade deadline this season. Number two is going to be Julian Gauthier. It just kind of feels to me that the clock might finally be striking midnight for Julian Gauthier and his time as a New York Ranger. There have been so many other instances over the past couple of years where it, it looked like he might be on his way. Uh, you had the expansion draft a couple of years ago. The Rangers chose to protect Kevin Rooney in that expansion draft instead of Julian Gauthier, but the Kraken took Colin Blackwell, so that left Julian Gauthier with the Rangers. Uh, you also had a situation where uh, Gauthier was requesting a trade from the Rangers. He did not get it. And then, earlier this year, doesn't make the team... Has to be placed on waivers. He goes unclaimed on waivers. Goes down to the AHL. Plays well there. Comes back up to the Rangers. And, um, you know, played well initially and tailed off a little bit. And as I mentioned, this episode being recorded on Monday morning. So the game, as of this recording against the Flames, has not happened yet. But Gautier expected to be out of the lineup uh, for that game. Gautier and Krasov going to sit. Will Cooley and Sammy Blay going to play. And looking at that, I mean, that's just kind of the latest of, of several reasons why I could see Julian Gautier being traded He just has a hard time sticking in the lineup, Um, and I I just feel like it's another situation that I mentioned um, not too long ago with Sammy Blay. I I just don't really envision Julian Gauthier being out there for playoff games. Even if the Rangers don't trade away Gauthier, you can see them adding one or two forwards, and that will squeeze uh, Gauthier out of the lineup. He's already being squeezed out of the lineup right here and right now before any additions are made. So I just get the feeling he could be dealt – Um, You know, with Gautier, it always feels like there's something there. I love the fact that he's got that uh, impressive blend of speed and size. You don't see that from so many players around the NHL, Um, but it it just never really seems to lead to anything. You know, he he seems to be somewhat snake bitten. I realize a lack of ice time doesn't help, but, you know, sooner or later, you got to convert on some of your scoring opportunities. We've talked about uh, his issues on breakaways. I mean, he he can never finish his chances uh, when it comes to a breakaway. He's got nine points this year. And that's his new career high for Julian Gauthier. And again, I I know know, he's been down to the minors, he's been a healthy scratch, he's been this, he's been that, but you've got to force the issue as a player at a certain point. And Gauthier, unfortunately, uh, just has not been able to do that. Gauthier right now is in the final season of his contract. He will be a restricted free agent after the season with arbitration rights. And with the Rangers having a lot of players, they're going to need new contracts, and uh, with Gauthier, you know, I mentioned the, the trade request a second ago. With him perhaps wanting to play somewhere else, it just, again, it, it just kind of feels, it's just got that feeling in the air where the clock is about to strike midnight and that he could be uh, on the way uh, at the trade deadline this season. And Honestly, uh, with the skill set he has, could be a little bit of a buy low opportunity for one of these rebuilding teams. Um, you know, if I'm a GM, I'm at least going to look into that idea. I don't think it would cost a whole lot to land Gauthier. But I want to do something else here because— With Gauthier, again, that speed and size combo has always been so tantalizing, and I'd like to see him get an opportunity. I want to make one more point in Gauthier's favor here and talk about something that I would like to see between now and the trade deadline. And obviously, I don't think I'm going to get to see this because I don't see them doing something this radically different with Julian Gauthier, especially when he's been made a healthy scratch the first game uh, after the All-Star break. What I would like to see is Gauthier get an opportunity in the top six. And I know there's going to be some people that say, oh, come on, you know, we're— what has he done to deserve that? You know, we we need to put the other kids in that spot or, you know, uh, he just hasn't, he doesn't show enough to warrant such a promotion. Uh, I get all that, but here's my way of thinking on this. It's sink or swim time for Julian Gauthier. The Rangers have to find out before now in the trade deadline, can this guy help us? Can he be a significant contributor? Not just this year. But maybe even for years to come, although even as I say that, you know, I realize that the Rangers have other uh, impending RFAs that are gonna be more important than Julian Gauthier. Um, but can this guy help us down the stretch this year and into the playoffs? And the way you find that out is to just say sink or swim, put him on the first line, put him on the second line, see what happens. Look, we've seen every other player on the New York Rangers get this opportunity at one time or another to play right wing in the top six, whether it's VZ, uh, Goodrow, Kako, Lafreniere technically even like Panarin and Kreider, because they both had to play the right wing uh, at various times this season. Uh, You know, other guys in the past, we've seen Dryden Hunt in the top six. We've seen uh, Colin Blackwell in the top six, just to name a couple of guys off the top of my head. Why not give Gautier a chance? Why is he the only player on the New York Rangers that never gets this opportunity? And, you know, again, his numbers will not thrill you. They will not uh, jump off the chart in any way. But for the limited amount of ice time that he's had, uh, this season, you know, he draws a lot of penalties when he's out there. Uh, he has played better, I would say, this season than he has in any other season with the Rangers. I know that's not setting a very high bar, but I do think that's still accurate. So, what the hey, man, just just give him a chance. I mean, the rangers they scramble their lines so often anyway. I mean, you can't even believe that by accident they haven't put him in the top six at one time or another. So, let's just see what happens. You know, I, I know there's certain Rangers fans that don't want VZ and Goodrow in the top six. Maybe they'd be happier with Julian Gauthier since, you know, he was a former first-round draft pick by the Canes and, uh, you know, would seemingly have a little bit more upside even though he is uh, yet to put it together even getting into his mid-20s here. But, I mean, again, that that's pretty much my line of reasoning here. Everybody else gets a chance in the top six on the right wing. Why not Gauthier? Let's just see what happens uh, in the games building up to the trade deadline this season. So we're going to get to number one, and, again, I, I think this player— it's probably pretty obvious. I'm going to talk about him in just a second. A couple of quick honorable mentions, though. I want to throw out Ryan Carpenter. Uh, you know, the Rangers brought him in to be the fourth-line center, played him on waivers, sent him to the Wolfpack, and uh, really have never looked back. I mean, he hasn't been called back up. So if there's a team around the league that just wants a fourth-line center, a 13th forward, then uh, maybe Carpenter is traded away for a fifth- or sixth-round draft pick, something like that. I'll also mention Libor Hayek. You know, again, it, kind of like Gauthier, it feels like the clock is about to strike midnight for Libor Hayek. The reason why I don't think this happens is the Rangers seem to be at least somewhat comfortable with him in kind of that seventh defenseman role. It feels like he's been in that role forever. Um, I would imagine he'll get traded in the offseason, but I don't know. Couldn't put either of those two players into the top five. But for number one, and again, I'm sure a lot of you have figured this out, it's going to be Vitaly Kravtsov. It's becoming very difficult to envision Kraftsoff having a future with the New York Rangers, and even more so now than at the start of the season. Um, he, like Gautier, once again, one of the healthy scratches for the games against the Flames. Uh, I understand where there's certain fans of the New York Rangers that want to see Krasov get an opportunity. They want to see him, you know, have a chance to prove himself as a former top 10 overall pick. And a lot of those same fans probably don't think it's good business to, you know, trade a former top 10 overall pick when he's had less than a full year of NHL service time, you know, and I understand that to a certain extent, but you also got to keep in mind uh, the Rangers, when they drafted him, Jeff Gordon was the general manager, not Chris Jury. And I think it's pretty obvious for anybody that's kind of followed the saga and the drama that seems to have followed uh, Krasoff during his time with the Rangers, you know, twice, pretty much walking out on the team. He's been better about that this year and seems to be doing everything that he's asked. But I think it's pretty obvious at this point. If Chris Drury was in charge of that draft, he would not have taken Vitali Krausov. I don't know who, who he would have taken. I'm not sure if we'll ever know that. Um, but Drury just never really seemed to be a fan of that pick. And even when it happened, uh, it was considered something of a reach by the Rangers, uh, reaching out for Vitali Krasoff there. And look, Krasoff when he's played, has not been super productive offensively. 47 career games. Again, it's not. An enormous amount, and in most cases, you should not give up on a young player uh, that you draft in the first round with a top 10 pick after just 47 games. But with everything that's happened with Krasov, I think this is a more unique case. But 47 games for Krasov, five goals, five assists. And there's this myth out there that Krasov, oh, they never give him a chance. He, he never gets any opportunity whatsoever. They, they got to leave him in the top six, this, that, and the other thing. Krassoff, when he has played this year, maybe not so much two years ago, but this year, uh, he... Mostly, plays on the Artemi Panarin line. And Panarin has kind of taken him under his wing. Uh, We see those videos that the Rangers post on Twitter where, you know, they'll stay after practice and Panarin will feed him passes for one-timers. 27 games this year for Krasov, three goals and three assists. So, yeah, I I mean, he doesn't get a ton of ice time. And the Rangers do have this knack for, you know, if they're in a tight game, they tend to drop him off of the second line. Down to the fourth line, or maybe even take him out of the game altogether. And, you know, in some cases, just roll with three lines because he's not known as a good defensive forward. So, in those situations, they tend to not leave him on the Panarin line. But the idea that he's got no chances whatsoever, no opportunities, I can't buy into that either. And again, this is somebody. And the Rangers have to, you know, bear their responsibility for this situation as well. But he has twice walked out on the Rangers. So you put all these pieces together, you look at where things are right now. The fact that he was being a healthy scratch before the break, the fact that he's now a healthy scratch after the break, and the fact that he just hasn't produced and has had at best a chilly relationship with the New York Rangers, he seems more likely to be on the move at or near the deadline than pretty much any single player. Uh, on the New York Rangers. I think he's far and away the most likely to be traded. Of course, it's still possible that maybe they hang on to him and maybe somebody else ends up getting moved and he's still on the team through the trade deadline. But one more point I want to make here about Krassoff and everybody that, you know, wants him to get an opportunity and, oh man, this this guy should be part of your future. The Rangers are looking at a situation this offseason where, yes, Krassoff is an RFA. So too are Philip Hedl, Alexi Lafreniere, and Keandre Miller. And money is tight right now. Would you put Kravtsov above any of those three players in terms of, like, who should be the biggest priority and who the Rangers should lock up long-term? And next offseason, to take that into account as well, uh, you're looking at Capo Ryan Lindgren, Braden Schneider, all RFAs next season. Should Vitaly Kravtsov be a higher priority for the Rangers than any of those six members, uh, team members that I just mentioned? I'm going to say probably not. And it goes back to something that we've talked about before on here. You can't keep everybody. Sooner or later, uh, you got to— Move guys around. The salary cap is tight. I understand it's going to go up uh, by a million dollars. I think it is for next season and uh, n- another jump after that. But you cannot possibly, I don't think, believe that Krasov is more important to this team than Keandre Miller or Ryan Lindgren or Philip Hedel, you know? So uh, that being the case and everything else I just mentioned, I think, once again, Krasov far more likely than any other player on the New York Rangers uh, to be traded at or near the deadline this season. I figure we could pretty much call it there for today. Hope you guys enjoyed this. It's been a while since I've done like a ranking episode and I always think they're kind of fun to put together. So uh, hopefully you guys liked it. Uh, we're going to have some more trade talk in the future where I continue to look at players around the league, guys that could maybe even should be trade targets for the New York Rangers. We'll do that in a future episode. Uh, but that will do it for today, guys. Once again, if you'd like to get in touch with this podcast, please send an email to lockedonnyrangers at gmail.com. Once again, that is locked on, nyrangers at gmail.com. And definitely give us a follow on Twitter as well, at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. Once again, that is at lo underscore ny underscore rangers. And definitely subscribe to Locked on New York Rangers YouTube channel. Thanks again, guys. I'll see you next time.